I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. All right, welcome into another edition of the Auburn Live Show, the Modcast edition. I'm Justin Hokinson, joined by Jeffrey Lee, Keith Nieper, and Cole Hingston. What's up, everybody? How's everybody doing? I'm pretty damn good. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. We're getting That's wet right. down here. A lot oh, of you- rain down in Florida. I don't know what that means for you guys. We're supposed uh, to get rain later. We got nothing. We got a little wind. So nice, far. cool, yeah. nice, cool weather for the game Saturday, right? Yeah, it's gonna oh, be yeah. cool that evening, and then uh, and then Sunday the high is like 54, 55. Oh, good cold uh, front coming in. Be yeah, a good weekend to be in the woods. Yeah, does that mean I have to retire the shorts this weekend? I got to bring out some jeans or something. It's gonna be that cold. There's a ninety percent chance of rain today. Yeah, yeah. Scoring later. Yeah, I think Saturday evening, probably game time. I mean, it's probably gonna be. Oh. 50, you know, yeah. probably, probably something like that. Well, 630, maybe not quite that low, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be chilly by the time it's going. Yeah, <clears throat> that's for sure. Um, man, what, what a crazy couple weeks. Um, what were everybody's thoughts on, because I haven't talked with everybody about the Mississippi State game and, um, you know, good fight, good effort to come back. Um, and it was funny watching the reaction from our fans. It, I, I think I even wrote in a piece earlier. I was like, I almost had to write like, Hey, just so we're all on the same page, like Auburn football is not about moral victories. Like, let's not, let's not get too far down that path. Yeah. But given the circumstances Saturday, even the comeback was just nice to see. Um, it was yep. nice to see they lost, but it was just nice to see that fight and that comeback. Um, and then now, hey, they're coming home and they're expected to win. And if they don't, we want to, we want we want changes made. Just kidding. <laughs> I thought uh, I thought the best way I could come up to describe it, and and I, I think I said this on the call of the show, but there were two things, and and I said if two things can be true, the only reason Auburn was in that football game was because of the head coach, and. The reason Auburn lost that football game was because of the head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was the most fun I've had watching a football game. I don't know, probably since 2010. And <clears throat> it was fun. I was pulling for Auburn. I was cheering for Auburn. I wanted to see them. I, I, they deserved to win. Cadillac deserved to win. And when it didn't happen, I was still okay with that. I was like, man, that was that was fun, that was fun, and I'm 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 excited as hell about this three win Auburn team <laughs> playing Saturday night. I think it's going to be a marvelous atmosphere. I think everybody's coming out. We've already seen that Auburn's announced the sellout. The recruits are going to be there. It's going to be the best atmosphere for a, 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 a couple of cellar dwellers going at it. 
maybe ever. Yeah. Yeah. Two five two both teams on five game losing streaks. Wild. I think the number one key is what Jeffrey said though. It, the all day, you know, up to the game, you're excited about it. Uh the game starts, you're excited about it. You don't, you know, fans everywhere were watching every second of that game whereas i mean we got people that are diehard fans enough to want to sign up to our website and, and follow every little detail of auburn football and recruiting who say hey i've turned it off at halftime recently i've just been turned off at halftime there's no point well that's not the case right now they watch the whole game they watch every play they analyze every play and 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 that's what auburn football was missing even if you're not winning Get that back, and you're you've got a good start to to rebuild things here. Some passion, yeah, absolutely. There's a famous headline in the Boston Globe years ago. I guess like the 1960s, and I used to know some Boston Globe reporters. And Harvard played Yale, and Yale, one of the schools, I think it was Yale, had a huge win, and Harvard ended up scoring like two touchdowns in the final minute to tie it. So it was 28-28, and the headline said, "Harvard beats Yale 28-28." And that's almost like this game almost felt like a win for Auburn, even though it wasn't a win. You know, the energy's back. The enthusiasm's back. Still a lot of the same problems. It's still the same team. Uh, right. You know, they, they play with energy. They play with fight. And it tells you a few things. If you're in a rebuild process like Auburn supposedly was in the last couple of years, if you're entertaining, people will get behind you a little bit more, right? They, they want to be entertained. They, and, and I feel like at times the last couple of years – we were bored more than entertained. Mm. You know, yeah. I hate to say that, but but they were entertaining the other day. Again, Justin's right, though. It, it, no moral victories. Um, but, you know, when you hit rock bottom, and that's kind of where Auburn is, three wins, you actually, at that point, once you've assessed that that's probably rock bottom, right, then everything else moving forward is up, right? So that's Absolutely. what we're right now. It feels like everything's yeah. trending up for Auburn. Uh, Nick Saban's going to be 72 by the time the next Auburn head coach, the, the permanent head coach, plays him in the Iron Bowl. He can't coach forever. God, he's great. But he can't coach forever. Uh, the new football facility is opening. And it's supposed to be the best maybe in the country. Certainly one of the three or four best, they say. Uh, still the same school. G- growing community. Great place to live. Um uh, so many positives right now. An NIL that's got this giant war chest. It's like I was saying this like on the radio this morning in one of the shows. It's like a politician that that hasn't had any competition. They're basically in one of those districts where they're going to roll. So they raise money and don't have to spend any of it on ads because they're going to win anyway. Well, they get these giant war chests. That's what Auburn's got right now. So it's all sort of lining up for a brighter future. And I think that has everybody excited. Yeah, it is. That's true. I mean, there's a lot of positives. I mean, that's what I was like going through this whole thing. You know, I told people like this thing can turn around real quick. I think those that, that of us that are around the program that live in Auburn, uh, you you see it. I mean, it was just a you just had a little. You, you could this thing could turn on a dime. And yeah, you're right about boring. I saw somebody. Um, I don't know if it was this maybe earlier this year. I can't remember who it was. It was a national writer, but it, they were right. And they said, you know, the thing about Auburn you know, even under Gus, even whatever, like they were never boring. And they said, they're boring now. I mean, they're just under Brian Harson, they're, they're boring. So it's not just they lose games, but it's just a boring way. It's like the, the hope when you're boring, you're, you're just, you're, you know, apathy sets in and all that. And so they, they had, they had become just sort of a very, very boring program. 
and a boring coach saying the same thing over and over again after every loss. Um, and that's that's not a good place to be as a program. I'm, I'm always kind of blown away when a school like Vanderbilt hires a defensive guy to be the head coach. You know you're not going to win consistently. So at least not be boring. And so when you look at where Vanderbilt's won, I, I'm not comparing Auburn to Vanderbilt, but just saying, when you look where Vanderbilt, where they've won the last four decades, early 80s, they had Whit Taylor at quarterback and they threw the hell out of the ball. Then they had James Franklin and they threw the hell out of the ball. They were exciting and they won. Uh, Duke, When Duke has won, Steve Spurrier has been the coach and David Cutcliffe's been the coach. They weren't boring and they found a way to win. They, and, but then they try to hire these defensive guys. Now, the mentality at Auburn is kind of that gritty – you know that that's where I'm curious to see which direction Auburn goes here with the head coach. The Auburn mentality, the Auburn history is the the gritty teams. Although a lot of those great teams had some of the best offenses. Huh? Sullivan, you know, the mid '80s teams, the Camp mm-hmm. teams. I mean, the, the 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 Ronnie Brown and Cadillac teams. I mean, those are some high powered teams. But- Nick Marshall. Yeah. <laughs> when Auburn has had success, every yeah. every team you just mentioned, Keith, was high was high caliber offense and and defense, but they had that offense. It wasn't like they were winning. The 2014, the 2010 team, the 2013 team. I mean, none of us were alive, but if you look back, there was no team more exciting from 69 to 71, 72 in the SEC than Auburn. You know, Ole Miss had Archie Manning. They didn't win like Auburn. Florida had John Reeves. Auburn beat the hell out of them three straight years. Georgia wasn't any good. And Auburn owned Alabama during that stretch. So, you know, high-octane offense, not boring. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, you could be a defensive-minded coach and still have great offenses, too. Look at Bob Stoops. So, I mean, it, it, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. But it's uh, they, they certainly weren't boring last week, I guess, is the thing. And let, let me say this before before we move on because Cadillac, like I said, had Auburn – gave Auburn a chance to win. He also lost that football game for him last week. And – Throughout the game, they didn't kick, didn't even attempt an extra point. Correct. Auburn went yeah. for two every time, yeah, and I and I loved it. They went for it on fourth down, and I'm going, oh man, you you want to punt the ball here? But I loved it. I loved that mentality of man, we came to win. I, I, I so yeah, looking back on it, those were absolutely devastating when it comes to the outcome. But I freaking loved it, and it wasn't boring. I wasn't I wasn't sitting in the media room like I have for the past two years watching the football game on the TV when the sidelines right behind me like this. <laughs> I, you know? I, I mean, seriously, me and Cole, this is how we watched the first half of the season. Yeah, yeah. You know, but right. when uh, on the other hand, when Mike Leach did that onside kick at the end, I'm just I, I immediately thought, boy, what if Brian Harson would have done that? And the other team would have recovered. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's always a risk, is what people have to remember. When you do a play like that, Mike Leach got lucky. He got fortunate that play. It could have easily gone the other way, and Auburn only needed 25 yards to potentially kick a game-winning field goal. And I know Jeffrey, you're not so high on Anders Carlson right now, but but <laughs> but but it could have gone the other way. And and it, it's interesting, a risk reward, man. How, how these games? The SEC West has become like the NFL, where every game seems to come down to like three plays now. LSU, Bama. I mean, it's it's incredible. Even games that are seventeen point games sometimes come down to three or four plays that just turn the game around. Yeah. Um, but that was interesting. Leach was. Did you guys see the clip of him flipping over the receiver? Oh, absolutely. Headline. I put that on the board. That was the hilarious. <laughs> well, he'll show them. I mean, oh, I mean, he knows all they have to do is just pick the chair up, right? I mean. It's not, oh. like, 
he didn't exactly smash him in pieces. Look, we can we can criticize Michael Leach. He is going to do it his way, one hundred percent of the time. He does not care what anybody thinks, and it it owns me for some reason. It's just hilarious to me. He's very Chris good. Roberts, I think everybody realizes there is a ceiling with him wherever he's at. Oh yeah, definitely. and at Washington State, that unbelievable job. No recruiting base at all. I, I've been to that school. I went out there one time the year Auburn played him. Uh, Robert played him in Auburn, and I was out there that summer, and I couldn't believe how far away it was from anything. 90 miles from Spokane, which has maybe three Division One players a year in Spokane. Five hours from Seattle. The job he did was unbelievable, but he did nothing against Washington, and they would have some lay some serious eggs. And so, if you're a Mississippi State fan, you can tell they're getting a little antsy over there. They're seeing yeah. Ole Miss going for another ten. Yeah, yeah their their fan base is already. Split. Oh yeah. Anyway, yeah. there's a lot of people that don't like him yeah. um, as it is. So that that won't last. That won't last too much longer. Um, well, let's before we get into the uh, before we get into the A and M game, let's just talk about let's talk a little bit more about um, you know kind of where Auburn's at right now. This coaching search and what direction they should go. Um, we heard John Cohen um, on Tuesday get introduced as AD. It's a fine press conference. Nothing crazy. Um, Talked a little bit about the coaching search, said it was going to be a long process, held up a list of 58 items. Um, I don't know what those items could be. I don't think we need 58. But, um, you know, what what direction should Auburn go? I mean, I think we know Lane Kiffin and Hugh Freeze are probably the top two candidates at this point. You know there's going to be names being talked to behind the scenes that we don't hear about, obviously. Um, <clears throat> but I think those two, safe to say, are – are hot commodities and top priorities for Auburn. And they're, and they're dancing around some other guys trying to do their due diligence. And, you know, whether it's Dan Lanning, whether it's Mark Stoops, um, you know, whether it's Matt Rule, whether it's Jeff Grimes, you know, a group of guys that I don't think would be top candidates, but you certainly are going to talk to them. Um, <clears throat> what does everybody make of, of the coaching, coaching search right now? When do they need to announce somebody? Does it matter when they announce somebody? Yes. Um, you know, just I think that probably plays in Hugh Freeze's favor, but just sort of, I don't know, what's everybody's thoughts on what Auburn needs? Does fit matter, right? We, we heard a lot about fit on the board yesterday, um, and we heard a lot about fit from John Cohen um, talking about how fit. He said, hey, it's cliche, but it matters. Fit matters. Now, of course, the question is, what does that mean to John Cohen? John Cohen just took the job at Auburn. So what, what is his definition of fit at Auburn? The guy just got here. Um, so I don't, I don't know that answer. Like, uh, my definition of, of fit might be different than his. So I don't exactly know what that means. So I don't know. There's just a lot to digest, I think, as they try to go through this process and what candidates would be best for Auburn. Anybody want to, anybody have some similar thoughts? Has, has anybody noticed the, uh, Deion Sanders buzz has died down? Yeah. Yeah. Less than zero. I don't really know why that is, but it, it definitely has died if down a lot. If, if you're a big winner, you're you can fit just about anywhere because <clears throat> chances are, if you're a big winner, you're smart. You know how to talk to people. You've won here, you've won there, so you can recruit any kind of kid, any kind of family, any kind of mom, any kind of dad, any kind of uncle. You can connect with any kind of booster. Winners are winners, as we've seen from guys like you. Don't believe that, Justin? Well, Brian Harson was a winner. At one place. Well, he was a winner. No, 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 no. You missed what I said. He had not recruited a kid from the South. He had not recruited in the South. You know? 
Brian Kelly's a guy that everybody was worried about the, all that stuff. And but the guy had won everywhere he'd been. Urban Meyer had won everywhere he'd been. Nick Saban had won in the Big Ten, uh, a ten-win season, his final season. I guess the last win might have been the, the interim coach in the bowl game. But uh, <clears throat> built Michigan State, he'd resurrected that program, and then and then fit in at LSU. So I mean, you can go look for a cultural fit all you want. Uh, that doesn't trans. That doesn't necessarily translate to more success on the field. I find it the group of winners and said, okay, then that group who kind of fits best with the ideal of Auburn. But uh, I mean, Lane Kiffin and Hugh Freeze, both are exactly what you just described. Well, Lane Kiffin, the thing that I think where he would, he's not super humble and that, so that doesn't necessarily fit with the Auburn miss the Auburn creed, all that. However, I feel like Auburn fans, in a good way, have a chip on their shoulder. They, they, and I mean this as a as a a good thing that they feel like they want somebody that's going to mix it up with with the other guys. And I don't think Auburn fans want an aw shucks guy right now, a, a Lou Holtz poor mouther type. I think they want a guy that emboldens confidence, like Lane Kiffin and Hugh Freeze. Quite frankly, that that's just my I'm talking to people. That's that's what I think. I don't know. I find it interesting, too, um, that everybody got real excited about this game and, and, and how the, you know, how, how they played, but it was not an explosive offense. They, they completed seven passes. You know, Auburn? it's not like Auburn completed seven passes in the game. So it's not like it was this high, highfalutin offense. <clears throat> they ran the toss sweep and the old quarterback, student body right, student body left sweep. Yep. These plays that you saw back in the twenties, I, I, almost in the I form. It wasn't. It was under center pitch, student body left. Yeah, that's what it, I. That's I, not. There's nothing new or innovative about that. There's nothing really exciting about those plays. It's just the fact that you have someone new in charge who's excited to do that stuff, and and they had some success on those plays. You know, pounding pounding the rock on people a little bit. People want to see that. I mean, they they don't. It doesn't have to be this high, you know, crazy passing offense. But to your question real quick, Justin, I, I think that Auburn's um, somewhat in this catch-22 in a way where, yes, you made the decision, you had to make that decision when you did, and you are the biggest program on the market right now. But you do have to spend a little bit of time having to find somebody because everybody's still coaching. And really, the guys you're looking at have a chance that, you know, playoff, SEC championship – if you're Liberty, a huge bowl game that you never really done before in that program. So <clears throat> that's kind of where you're at if you're Auburn and, and how long it takes. Yeah, it might take until after the Iron Bowl. And that that's not going to be popular with everybody, but that's how it might be, to be honest. I think that's ideal. Well, I mean, obviously it's going to happen after the Iron Bowl. Everybody else is still playing unless you hire a rule. I don't know. I don't think that's a problem, to be honest with you. One more weekend going to kill you. I mean, Freeze, to me, I don't know, Justin, Jeffrey Cole, he'd skip out on a bowl game in a heartbeat. I, I think he would. Uh, it's just it's an interesting thing. Here's the thing with Kiffin. He starts a process. It, he, there would be things rolling. He, he might say, hey, I'm going to coach out, out at Liberty, but I'm going to – I'm going to start hiring some staff. They're going to start making – like things would be happening behind the scenes with him. But if, sure. Kiffin's in, if Kiffin, let's say, for argument's sake, is in the playoff. Oh, you, I don't – that that's a really hard call, and, I, and we've talked about that. Like I don't know – let's say you just – let's say Lynn Kiffin was above and beyond the, the top choice. Yeah. We want him. We're going to pay for him, whatever. And he beats Alabama. 
and he somehow sneaks into Atlanta. Okay, that's an extra week. What's the date of the one more January. week, I think, Justin? Right? Yeah, one more one more week. And December third, I think. They lose to Atlanta. Yeah, let's say they don't make the playoff, they're still New Year's six or something like that. And he's like, Hey, look, I'm finishing the season with these guys or whatever. What do you do? I, I don't know if you can't pushing to do that. To well, throw- didn't they have that with Kirby? Smart, wasn't that the deal? He Oh, he, it was. You know, he wanted to but this is different. This is, this is a guy that is the head coach of the program. I don't yeah, know. If, who yeah. knows? I mean, I, I don't know. You know, at that point, if you're not in the playoff, you probably move on. And here's, here's my concern with Kiffin right now. If he beats Alabama this weekend, forget about the SC championship game and all that. I get that. But in his head is what I'd be concerned with. Yeah. If he beats Bama this weekend, does he think, you know what? I don't need to go to an Auburn to win a national title. I can do it at at Ole Miss. Look how close I'm getting through the portal and all that. That would be my bigger concern. Well, we don't even know if he's happy there. You never know whether these guys are truly happy anywhere, right? You don't know that. But just suppose he's looking hard at Auburn and and maybe the difference is, well, where can I win big at? Well, Ole Miss is never going to play, apparently. Uh, I need to look at their future schedules before I say that. But in recent years, they haven't played that tough non-conference opponent that Auburn's played, right? Um, yeah. And they don't have that crossover game with Georgia. Who is their crossover opponent? It may be – is it is it Kentucky? Vanderbilt? Kentucky? Vanderbilt? Vanderbilt. So, so he, it, the path is a little easier in that sense, but it's harder in the sense that you don't have the resources you would at Auburn. But, again, if he beats Bama, he may be thinking, I got everything here. Look That's kind of getting over the hump, right? Look what I just did, yeah. And, and it can be replicated. Now, the other side of that is they haven't had a, a – when was the last time Ole Miss had back-to-back 10-win seasons that I read they've never done that? So this would be their their first time? Well, does that mean that it might not happen again? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it ain't easy to do. So he's going to have a lot – if Auburn is, in fact, going after him, he's going to have a lot of things to think about potentially. Yeah. He's trading Vanderbilt for Georgia, by the way. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. And it doesn't seem like the there's a few schools that it always seems like all, the SEC Arkansas is one. The SEC always just hammers them with the schedule. It just there's three or four that always seem like they get the easy side of everything, and then three or four and Auburn and Arkansas being two in the West. Yeah, yeah. See, I think that's why Kiffin's. I think that's why he's asking for. Well, he's also <clears throat> playing Kiffin, so he wants all the money in the world, and he's about himself. But I think there is a part of that that's like. I think he has question marks about Auburn. Uh, a, a, a little bit of a rebuild. He does not want to – that dude doesn't want to rebuild anything. He wants to win now, next year, the next year. There's no there's no time to rebuild. So, if he's looking at Auburn's roster and going, okay, like, so if we went if we went seven and five, am I cool with that next year? Um, the whole booster situation, I don't I don't know how he feels about needing to, to answer to those guys. So, I kind of wonder how much that plays into him saying, yeah, sure, I'll come. You pay me $100 million. Like ten years, ten million dollars. You know, at that point, yeah, I'll come. But it's such a crazy high number that uh, it makes me wonder how much he actually wants to come versus. Well, yeah, I guess I'll come if you pay me all that money. Well, we know Auburn has the up the ante. I mean, it's like you're sitting in your house and you have no intention to sell. Someone calls you and says, "Hey, um, I'd like to buy your house," and you go, "Okay, two million dollars. It's yours." You know, I really don't have that much of a reason to leave if I don't absolutely have to. Yeah, Auburn might have to call his bluff. Well, the other thing about him is, and and I've had, I interviewed him a long time ago, by the way, when he first got named OC at uh, 
at Southern Cal. His his dad was the Bucks defensive coordinator at the time, and the, the newspaper that I worked for in Tampa had said, "Hey," or I suggested, "Hey, why don't we do a story on Monty Kiffin's son?" And nobody knew about him, and he was like the nicest guy. I mean, thirty minute interview couldn't have been any shy, seemed humble. And now you see, you see him now. He's kind of a little bit different, different animal. But one thing we know, he does have a, and that's okay. He does have a big ego. Nothing wrong with that. And the guys with the big egos like being on the big stage. And again, I don't want to. I'm not trying to demean the Ole Miss program, but they haven't won an SEC title since 1963. Okay, it's not the same stage. It's just not. Right. Uh, does that factor into it too? I mean, money, ego. Can I win? Schedule. Am I closer to the beach? Am I closer to my family? There's a lot to think about. I'll just we tell you think. what I think. Yeah. And again, predicting head coaching hires is dumb. And there's so many factors that go into that, that uh, I'm not pretending to tell you that I know what's going to happen in the future. And, and um, like, that's why like, I've, I've just stayed away from really any type of advocating for any of them. Because first of all, it's not my job. And second of all, I mean, who knows? You got to have alignment. You got to have just so many things have to go into successful program and falling into place. But I have a hard time wrapping my head around Lane Kiffin as the Auburn head coach. It just it doesn't add up to me. Um, it, it just I don't know. Sometimes I don't know. That's that's how my mind works. Sometimes I try to think like, does it make sense? Can I see it? I don't see it. I, I don't think it would work. I just. Um, I just don't. I mean, he. I think he's a good coach. I think he'd come in here and get talent. I, I do think a lot of those things would happen. I just wonder about um, Auburn people. They do care about, regardless of what some people, there's some people are be like, win. I don't care what you do, win. I get it. Fit still matters at Auburn, in my opinion. It, it just does. Um, you know, they don't care what Bruce Pearl does behind the scenes, but he's out in public and he's saying the right things on videos and he can do no wrong. Doesn't matter what he's like behind the scenes. And so I just, I think fit matters and feeling like you want to be a part of the community matters and, um, you know, sort of inserting yourself into what Auburn is and saying, well, like all that stuff, they care about that. And unless you're going to come in here and just win 11 games every year, fine. But I don't think that's reality either, not in the SEC. So I just don't know. And Lane's not like that. I mean, anybody you talk to that knows Lane, he's not like that. He's not going to come in and love Auburn and War Eagle and the Auburn Creed. He didn't give a shit about any of that crap. Um, and so I just – I don't know how long that will work. Maybe now you're all pumped about it, but two or three years down the road, if he's just a, hey, I'm here to win games, I don't really care about the – I don't really care about that stuff. I just don't know. I don't know about that that kind of fit. That's just, that's just my gut. That's just my take on it. Auburn isn't man enough to hire Lane Kiffin. <laughs> I'm just telling you. That's why I said the other day on the board, yeah. it, it is and has been, in my opinion, Hugh Freeze until it's not. I mean, that's just – and I'm not, I'm not saying he would be a bad choice. I just think Lane Kiffin is on a different level than Hugh Freeze. I don't know about fit. I don't know. Uh, I saw the McCready, you know, Hugh Freeze would – <clears throat> that's probably because McCready doesn't want Auburn still in another Ole Miss head coach. <laughs> but I, I, I'm Justin. I don't see Lane Kiffin being Auburn's coach, but for different reasons than you. I think it's too good to be true. 
I think Hugh Freeze is the easy choice. Everything lines up. The money. He's cheap. As I said before, he crawled to Auburn on buck naked with his butt cheeks spread on broken glass to be the head coach. The the money, he's going to be 50% off clearance aisle. You know, while Lane Kiffin's out there on the front table. He's going to be cheap. He can come at any time. Auburn boosters love him. They've been wanting this guy for a while. So, it, to me, it's just the easy choice. It wouldn't be as big of a splash as Lane Kiffin. But I think players and recruits know him. I think it would help recruiting. But I think, to me, you asked about timetable. And we've talked about this before. But you've got three weekends in December before early signing day. Starting with December the 3rd, which is, if I'm not mistaken, the SEC championship game. Do you need a – ideally, you would like a head coach hired the day after think, uh, the Iron Bowl. Yeah. And that would give him a week to prepare for the first of three official visit weekends. So, when you take into consideration all that, it just – to me, Hugh Freeze is the easy choice. <clears throat> Not the best choice, in my opinion, but the easy choice. They've been making a lot of easy choices. I know it. That's why I said Lane Kiffin's too good yeah, to be true. Look, we talked to different fans, and you guys grew up with Auburn. But the Auburn fans I know, and, I, and I, look, I think free, if Freeze is your pick, I think you've still done great, by the way. I think right, right. There's a bunch of guys that are going to win at Auburn. I mean, it's a great, I mean, it's a great place, and, and, and a lot of guys are going to win there. But I know a lot of people that that are ready to take it to the chin of some of those other big boys out there. And there's one guy they think can do that, fit or not, cultural fit or not. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, Lane Kiffin's loved up Ole Miss. I mean, I mean, just because he's not out and about, and, and, and I mean, you, not everybody's Bruce Pearl. But by the way, <clears throat> one guy could get. And Lane Kiffin's an interesting guy for all the things that he says. Ninety-nine percent of what he says is just kind of like this. It's that one thing. But if anybody could get that guy to love up Auburn and be around town and all that. It's probably Bruce Pearl. Quite you know, it's funny you say that. I, I literally had a conversation the other day and I said that to somebody and I, I go, you know, not just because they have a history at Tennessee, but I go, you know, maybe, maybe Bruce could, uh, what's the right word, right? Mentor, whatever. Like, Hey, here's, let me just, here's some good things to do here. Like here, here's how I would come along. Big dog. I can't wait. You do a, do a, do a few of these things, man. Just go out there, just do a few. I'll do them with you. Something like that. And we'll, and I, I had that same thought, Keith, that Bruce could be potentially somebody that helps Ridge. facilitate, you know, Lane to, to do a little bit, a little bit of that, you know. I can't wait to see what Bruce does with whoever the coach is. I mean, he's just, I mean, him and Gus had a good great relationship work together, yeah. and you know, I mean, and he likes Parson, like, you know, I guess I can, I don't know, I don't know. He he threw a lot of the crap that went on with Parson. He um, tried to be a good you know, ambassador for Auburn or coach or friend behind the scenes to Harson, like just coach to coach. He tried to support him um, when a lot of that crap was going on in February. I don't, I don't think he disliked Harson either. I, you know, I just, I, I think Bruce will. Well, um, there's not really a reason why he would, I guess, you know, dislike him. But uh <laughs> funny thing about Lane real quick, you know, he's got this big personality on Twitter and, and obviously, you know, like the whole, grab your popcorn thing he did before mm -hmm. Alabama. Um, I went to the 
state championship game last year, Pike Road and Pleasant Grove, I think it was, Quinchon Judkins. You know, that was the game that they got pictures of him standing over here like this watching Quinchon Judkins. So the line was extremely long, and I had a pass to get in or whatever, but I had to wait in line. Well, behind me was Lane Kiffin, and he had a hoodie on and jeans, and he just sat there with his hands in his pockets, and I talked to him for a second, and he is just like a normal dude. And and I watched him, you know, watch that game and everything, and it's just like that doesn't even match. Like something about him says I'm really not into politicking or – you know, making this big scene about anything. So I'm almost with you a little bit on that, Justin. I don't think his personality is going to be, I am going to parade the streets and do all this. And I don't necessarily think Auburn has to have that. But there's people there that care about the politics side of thing where you have to show your face. You have to, uh, you know, be at these games, make, make a big appearance, make a, you know, I personally though, I think if you, as long as you're good at politicking and recruiting, it doesn't matter. Is Nick, is Nick Saban good at politicking? Uh, doesn't he do the minimum? Like, <laughs> right? Well, and that's the that's the big, um, you know, that's that's the thing that equals everything out. You go in there and you win. Yeah. You Winning gears on. Right? You, Winning it's your program. The great equualizer, yeah. You're you're equalizer. Equalizer. <laughs> your ass kicked every weekend. Uh, yeah, 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 you can't. And look, and Lane, here's the thing. I'm not saying Lane wouldn't work. I just – I can't get my head around it right now. But um, but he could. Like, he could come in and things could go well and he could win and people could warm up to him and get, get to know who he is. And he could – maybe he could warm up a little bit and it just becomes a thing where we understand who he is and and it, it could work. It absolutely could work. It's just like at the moment it's hard to – it's hard to get my head around – because Hugh would, he would come in and be, you know, he would be Bruce Pearl and Bruce Pearl. He would say all the right things, and people would love him if they can get past this path. Which that's the, I don't really want to talk about but, that. Everybody's got a past, and I just you know, I, back to it. People would not care about all that about Bruce if he was losing. They would not care at all, right? About about his persona about Auburn and how much he seems to love it. Oh yeah, yeah. It wouldn't mean wouldn't mean as much. Wouldn't yeah. mean anything. Great, you want you be great. We you love Auburn, but hey, we'd like to. Even yeah, in basketball, right? People are gonna be like, "Hey, we haven't won a let's go." Like, hold on. That was my point to our caller the other night, Jeffrey, that that called in and and said that Auburn wasn't ready for Deion Sanders or whatever. If you win, they're ready for you. I promise. It, it will cure it. It will. And that's not. But that's not what I'm concerned about. Winning in the first couple of years, I'm not concerned about anybody. It's four yeah. years down the road. Does it matter? Like, what happens four years down the road if, if it's if it's an eight win season and it's like, hmm, and you're not doing that other stuff? I just know how Auburn fans react. I feel like that's why Tommy Tuberville was loved. He did all the right things, and so there was a, he he could survive a few of the lulls. He was but, literally a politician. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. To me, it really just boils down to you know, fifty eight things. Yeah, that's great. All right, the four of us are sitting over sitting at a table. We got our list of reasons, pros and cons. Which SOB is going to win me the most frickin' games? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I mean... Forget the appearances. Forget kissing the babies. I'm tired of looking up to this team. I'm tired of looking up to that team. That's it. That's yeah. right. You're taking me to the promised land, baby. That that's all I care about. That is exactly the, right. The game is and, and Justin, I'm not demean, diminishing anything else you're saying. I'm just saying for me. No, no, I agree with you. I, mm-hmm. I don't disagree with you. You know, who is going to take my program to the promised land? Because uh, the what's what's happened the last few years is just not it's not Auburn. But also you know, Auburn not having a, a 10 win back to back 10 win season since the 80s. We don't know. Nobody's really fully unlocked. Well, what we don't know is has Auburn reached its cap? I hope not. No. It's pretty good, by the way, even if it has top 15 historic program. But who can un who can take that cap off? Who can unleash this monster? Who's capable of doing that? I, I don't know the answer to that. I, I think Freeze could do it. I think if you hire Lane Kiffin, though, holy cow, are you going to get a hell of a lot of media attention and everybody's going to be talking about your program? And I don't think that's a bad thing. Now, they'll be eating up the losses when you lose, no question. <laughs> but that guy don't lose. When he's down, he ain't down for very long. You know, he always seems to find a way to bounce back. Um, I don't know. I don't if, know. If and, Kiffin and Freeze is your floor. Oh, that's a good floor. Whew. I, I agree. I agree. And I don't think he is the floor, by the way. But if he is the floor, you're right. But, I mean, that's a damn good football coach. That's a guy that I've seen him recruit, man. I've been in his camps. He connects with people. Now, I don't think, Jeffrey, I kind of disagree with you. I don't know how many recruits know who he is now. Who's this? Hugh Freeze. Oh, okay, okay. But they'll know who he is fast. They'll know who he is within two, three weeks. Because he, like Cadillac, like we've seen, he – I don't know if he enjoys recruiting – but he certainly portrays himself as is enjoying recruiting, and that's reality. Let's have the battle. Uh, he, yeah, I mean, gosh, he's <clears throat> called he's called me in the past and given me great interviews about the recruiting classes. He's a he's a I don't want to say PT Barnum. That's not fair. But he he does have some pearl in him. He's a promoter of his program. I guess is what I what I mean yeah, by that. Yeah. But I you know I I'll tell you what I would take either one of those guys and be happy for different reasons. I think they both get you maybe to that finish line. You want? Um, uh, I, I, it's exciting thinking about the possibilities with the, with both those guys, and, uh, and there's other guys too. I mean, uh, Todd Monken's name, I guess. Uh, Justin, did you write about him? You did, right? I don't know if I ever mentioned him. I mean, I don't know if he's a full king. I'm just saying, there's a lot of guys. Like you, you look what he's done, and then you look what he's done at Southern Miss, and there's a lot of good candidates out there, man. They're really you gotta, get, to me. You got to get a guy with, that's been a head coach. Oh, I, Auburn's not in the position. Even the Jeff Grimes thing that was kind of my one hang up, like. Yeah, is Auburn Auburn's in the position right now? They need a head coach, like a guy who's been it. That's a little well, bit of a risk to go. Well, he's the- been. A, I mean, Monken's been a head coach, and obviously he inherited he inherited that yeah. awful situation at Southern Miss, right? Yeah. And in my year three one nine game. So I mean, it's a smaller sample size, and that's to your point, Justin. That's even though he's been a head coach, three years is a much small is a small. small sample size. I get that. I get that. But you know, it's funny because Stoops and uh, and Mark Rick were both. Kind of, kind of career assistants, not not like Sam Pittman was, but they they got elite jobs being assistants. Will Muschamp did too. Works out for some, work doesn't work out for others. But that's every head coaching opening, really. You just never really know. Let me ask you this: 
if if Chip Kelly was interested in Auburn, would y'all would you even go down that path? I've I've been meaning to ask you guys this. Chip Kelly. You know, sure. I mean, why I not? I don't think I would. I don't see think I would. What he's got to say. I don't think I would go for him over Hugh Freeze or Lane Kiffin. I think he would be after them for me. Is, is, there, any left, is there any left field candidate that you guys, if you were running the yeah. show, you'd say, you know what? I'm just gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk to this guy just to just to see, just to see. maybe he lights up the room we didn't know or or whatever up and comer because there's a, that question guys that are that have already done it. It's so hard to do it again, right? Or a guy that's a climber, <clears throat> a guy that's a climber, and I think that's what Auburn really hoped they had with with Harson, a guy that was a climber. That's what they got with Pat Dye, obviously, a climber, a young, hungry guy. But is there a guy out there that you guys think that uh, anybody yeah. out there, you're like, you know, I think we need to interview this guy just to cover all our bases? Yeah, I got one that, oh, man, I just know it won't be popular. I don't care. I don't care. Will Muschamp, I would just want to see what he could do in this NIL world as a head coach. I mean, I thought he recruited well as a head coach. Obviously didn't win. Um, but maybe you talk about fit. Feels like he would fit at Auburn. I think he's kind of both sides. He's He'll politic a little bit, but he's also this crazy guy who who just energizes football teams and fans and what whatnot. So I'd like to see what he could do as a head coach in this NIL world and transfer portal world. And if not him, Jamie Chadwell comes to mind from Coastal Carolina. And those are out of left field. Those are not my choices. Be clear on that. I'm just answering Keith's question. <laughs> These are guys that come to mind out of left field. Yeah, I don't know much about Chadwell. I mean, I obviously built that program, but I don't. I haven't looked into him a whole lot. But I've, I've seen his name tossed around a few times, and I've seen Muschamp's name tossed around a few times too. But. That's a that that'd be a tough sell. I mean, he's you know you've been there twice. You've had an opportunity twice. I agree. I agree. You know. I just would like to see what he could do. I don't know if yeah. Auburn's the place for that. Yeah, but I'd like to see it. He'd be well liked. He's been here fourteen I, times. I think he would somewhat. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about a left field. I don't know about a left field guy um, outside of those two. I mean, and it really doesn't matter. Those two guys seem to be. Um, kind of the direction that, that Auburn's focused right now. Um, well, here, here I'll give you two. I don't know about James Franklin, but I'd throw his name in there. He's got some SEC experience. <clears throat> I like him. I think he's a fantastic coach, fantastic person. But all these guys, all these fans who are just enamored with Carnell Williams right now, and, and the biggest fallback from Carnell Williams is that he doesn't have that, that coaching experience. There's a guy just like him. With coordinator experience, right down the road. I, I know who you're. He, he, he's in Tampa, Florida. Yep. I didn't even know I was a candidate. Wait a second. Oh, <laughs> wait a minute. I'm sorry, Orlando. Okay. Yeah. He, he, he's Cadillac Williams with coordinator experience. Mm-hmm. His name is Travis Williams. I, I'm not advocating for him. I'm just saying, if you love Cadillac and you think. That's what kind of head coach you want, somebody who loves freaking Auburn, and the only drawback from Cadillac is that he's uh, inexperienced. Well, you've got that. You've got a guy who loves Auburn just as much, and they played on the same team. How about even – how about even, yeah, even with him being a long shot? Even with him being a long shot, how about give him an interview anyway? Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Left field guy, interview. Also give him an interview for him so he can develop – 
the interview skills that he needs moving forward as well to give him a boost. You know, Auburn owes him that for what he's done for Auburn. That's interesting because when I was, um, you know, talking to guys about Jeff Grimes and trying to get that story together, what it's like to play for him, um, it was mentioned to me that Jeff Grimes got a small, very unofficial interview for an Auburn head job at one time and just blew people away, just just absolutely killed the interview. And they were like, man, I mean, maybe he hmm. needs to be considered one day. I, I, I don't I don't know. You know, I don't know if that's the way you go. I don't really think it is, personally. I wonder if that was the Harson hire. I don't know. Because uh, he was very popular back I, in February. Just people were like, gosh, that guy. I mean, he, he's he got the plan he's or whatever. Got, he had support in February. He's still got support now. That's why you heard his name come up. There's some there's some important people that like mm-hmm. Jeff Grimes a lot. And uh, I do, too. That's one of those ones that I'm like, I, I, I think that would work. I, I like Jeff Grimes, and I, I think that he could probably – the staff, it would be a lot dependent on the staff. Well, see, when I heard his name, I'm going, where are you getting this from? What what makes you think – and that lines up with what Cole just said. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Well, he freaking knocked it out of the park. Yeah. My and point now, in the is what Keith just said. You, you just try things. Try things. See what, my, my only concern would be – I think Clinton Riggins is just to, just to add some credibility. I think Quentin Riggins is one of those guys that is very impressed with – Well, Quentin would have said in on an interview. Well, Yeah. Right. Matter of fact, I think he did the Harson hire. Was he not part of the? He's, yeah, he's been a part of. I mean, he's mm-hmm. like, and now he's he's very important to Chris Roberts. So he he's one of those guys that, I, from what I understand, um, is is a is a fan of Jeff Grimes. And, and and I've never heard one bad thing about Grimes. Everybody that knows loves him. I, I guess my concern would be, and if he gets the job, I'll probably shut me out as a source, but <laughs> as a contact. But no, but no, but seriously, I've never heard a bad thing. But I guess my concern would be, you know, everybody says, well, like it would be dependent on the staff. It'd be dependent on the staff. I get that. That's every guy. But what you have at top at the top is so important. It's so important, and people just wouldn't know who he is, other than a small circle of Auburn people. And again. That's a bigger deal to me than it may be to some other people. See, we're looking through recruiting eyes, too. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's and probably much- And in these meetings, everybody's got a plan. I, I remember what we heard about Brian Harson. He's got a great plan. He's got a great plan. Well, Mike Tyson said everybody's got a great plan until you punch him in the mouth, right? And Brian Harson got punched in the mouth, <laughs> and that plan went to, you know, went down the drain. Hugh Freeze has been punched in the mouth, and he's gotten back off the mat. Lane Kiffin's been – so, in other words, we know – that those guys, when they get punched, they come back. That's the only question with a guy that's a career assistant. Doesn't mean they're not capable. Look at Sam Pittman. Uh, although now they're not as good as they <laughs> people thought they'd be this year. Yeah, but I never nobody predicted the turn the hit the turnaround as quick as that happened. Like that's what yeah. I go back to as head coaches. Nobody that dude came in and like that. Arkansas immediately was better. Yeah. Well, they had recruited pretty good. They had recruited pretty good players before he got there. They just weren't doing anything with them. But the, yeah, the, but the the switch in physicality yeah. and the way they played. I mean, that's Kendall yeah. Brown. Maybe Grimes could do this. Maybe Grimes could do the same thing. It's just, it's sort of the average fan not in the Auburn bubble, and actually a lot of casual Auburn fans too would see that as a an out of left field hire. Yeah, and sometimes perception, and it's not fair to Jeff Grimes, by the way. But the percep- what would the perception be of outside of that group that really loves him? It would be, boy, we must have struck out on a bunch of guys. And that's that's not fair to Jeff Grimes if that, right. that happens, by the way. But that's how people would think. I, I don't know. He, he might be great. I, 
Is there any dispute with any of us that if Jeff Grimes were hired when Brian Harson was hired, that it would have gone over a little bit better at that time? Now that you've gone through this, yeah. it's like you just can't go there. You just can't go there this time. It's not going to work as far as perception goes. Whoever they hire now, again, is going to be that guy to Auburn fans in their vision, their, their mind is going to be a guy riding in on a white horse to save the day. Yeah. Uh, I think they'd get behind him, but they'd probably get behind Lane or Dion or Freeze more, initially at least. Then it'd be up to him. Um, I don't know. That's a tricky one, Justin. That is a real tricky one. Never heard a bad thing about the guy. Never heard anything that awesome. was great about the guy. But is that the guy? I don't know. The the line that that Auburn fans could look at and go, yeah, I didn't want to hear that because that's actually good stacks offensive lines and creates powerhouses. <laughs> that was the line I was told. <laughs> Everywhere he goes, he stacks the offensive line. Maybe that's better as a coordinator. I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just adding these things that I've learned along the way here. So. Yeah. Now, if you, yeah, don't, if you don't hire him, yeah, I don't know. We don't know who the head coach would be, who the OC would be, you know. Well, and the big question, the big question around freeze is, and we can, we can move on, but, the big question around freeze is the relationship with is is the John Cohen angle and the Roberts angle and and you know <clears throat> Roberts has has and hit you know he's going to let Cohen make the hire but his thoughts around hiring freeze and then John Cohen who was the AD at Mississippi State when 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 freeze is at Ole Miss doing everything he's doing I don't personally know what John Cohen thinks of Hugh Freeze I can't imagine it's it's great considering where he was when Freeze was doing everything he was doing at Ole Miss, I can't imagine John Cohen loves the thought of now hiring that guy. I, you know, I could be completely wrong. Um, but that's just an interesting dynamic that I don't know. Mm. We, I don't know if I can find that answer out, but until we do, um, when he talks about fit and fit and all that stuff, I mean, geez. I mean, that was a lot. He talked about fit a lot for them, for him to then turn around and go get a guy like Hugh Freeze, who was doing the things he was doing when John Cohen was the AD in the same state, that would just – that would to me, that would kind of blow up the narrative of it because I can't imagine that you think that, that – John Cohen thought that was great, what was going on. So it's an interesting dynamic, man. It, it, it really is. I'm thinking out loud here. If, uh, if you're forgiving Hughes for having a past, as everyone does, do yeah. you forgive Will Muschamp for his past of not winning? <laughs> That's the un, that's the one unforgivable sin in the okay. <laughs> okay. You can no, get hookers, you can get hookers for recruits, but you can't. Okay. Just, just so you we're clear, just so we're clear, and I don't know that I've I haven't gotten into because the board I haven't gotten into a lot, but just like just so we're clear, and I don't want to go. We're not. I'm not going into detail. I'm just going to say this. Okay, if you have a problem with you freeze, do not think or kid yourself. That that Lane Kiffin is like an angel. Okay, so just the picture of morality. That, if, you're, if you're like, well, I don't want Freeze's baggage. I just Lane Kiffin has got plenty of skeletons in the closet. Okay, and it's just everybody's individual. Everybody's different. Like everybody's got past. It's whatever. But just please don't be like if you if that's your issue with Freeze then I'm just going to tell you that should be your issue with Kiffin. You just maybe haven't heard about it as many If you want a guy, you want a guy. If you knew about all of them, you'd probably go, well, shit, (laughs) freeze it in that bad. (laughs) (laughs) We're all, I mean, 
<clears throat> yeah, I mean, I'm not hiring a guy. I mean, look, you don't want a guy to have a, like a huge uh, arrest record or whatever. But again, you know, what's what is the baggage and what's the assessment level? I mean, people are going to no matter who you hire, they're going to find something, right? They're going to sure. find a, boog- a boogeyman to to make, you know, make Auburn look bad, the outsiders. So just hire who you want to hire and then let the chips fall where they may. I don't care what he does. That's how we are with our politicians these days. We all, if we love somebody, well, yeah, I don't really. Yeah. Know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so what's, what's the difference? I mean, you know, these guys aren't, uh, is this guy winning? I mean, what's he doing? Is he, is he not just a total embarrassment to the pro, to the program? If, if he has to be forgiven by the SEC or whatever, before he can come back, is it, Days, months. I mean, what is there a timeline here? Is it like okay, statute of limitations? Today you can come back, Hugh Freeze. This is the day. I feel it. I, I mean, mm. what, what's he's coaching at Liberty? I, I will say this. He, he. I don't know. I was, I was turning the page on Hugh a week or two ago, and I watched him beat ass on against Arkansas. <laughs> All right, and it, the, the the post game, it was just like chill out, dude. He was like, he was making a. Huh? Was he campaigning? Oh my god! Right. Y'all saw it, right? I was just like, "Dude, chill out, bro. <laughs> Don't be so desperate." <laughs> I, I won everywhere I've been. You know, I mean, I win here, I win there. Uh, I'm a winner. <laughs> well, what did we say about that? You know, it's funny you bring that up. What did we say about the AD job like three, four weeks ago? When it feels like somebody's trying so hard to get the job. Well, we've all been there. I've applied for jobs where, man, I pushed and pushed and pushed and was never even considered. The people that want you come after you. You don't go after them. Now they yeah. tell you growing up, if you want a job, boy, you got to go for it, right? Yeah. The real world is if they want you, they're coming to get you. Okay. <laughs> Especially in this coaching world. So it's almost kind of, gosh, Jeffrey, now you got me questioning my pick of Hugh Freeze, maybe being the guy. Like <laughs> if, if, if a guy's trying that hard to get the job. Did you see it? Yeah. Yeah. But they, he's, he's right. He has one. I know. The, 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 but don't tell me. I mean, the guy just beat Arkansas for God's sakes. I mean, chill, chill out. Dude. One of those things. Well, that ain't right. And, and you know what's funny? Wrong. At his school, uh, you know, the, the and their run- one loss, by the way, is Wake Forest, who was overtime in the top twenty-five or whatever. I mean, I mean, Shit, top fifteen, weren't they? Yeah. Speaking of great coaches, who you wish fit in the Auburn DNA, that guy at Wake Forest is as good as they get. But um, yeah, Hugh. I mean, he's. I mean, people would. At first, they'd be the butt of a lot of jokes, uh, but then when he's the first season where he's six and zero, then they're not the butt of the jokes anymore. I mean, the guy's good. He's the guy's good. Good. He's a winner. I mean, let's and be here, honest. Here's here's maybe how people should look at this. This like everybody's got their. Here's maybe how you should look at this, and and it's kind of I'm trying to watch the process. If whoever's hired, if you put them in a room and and Robert says I'm good. And Cohen says, well, I made the hire, so I'm good. And the boosters say, I'm good. Then, like, to me, that's pretty important. And, and whatever you, as your as a fan, think about anybody as a coach, whatever your reasons are, if those guys are saying, well, we're, we're pretty aligned, then I think you should go, hallelujah, I'm behind it. Because that's what Auburn doesn't always have. And so if you've got that alignment, which under freeze, you would, because we know what the boosters think. And Kiffin, you would. Um, you would have that alignment with it, really either of those guys. 
So I think if you're a fan, man, you're just looking for that alignment. If you feel like there's good alignment with the hire and support in the direction you're going, then I think you just, I think you support the decision, man, and you'd be happy. Cause I, I just, the, the time of, the time of trying to meddle and, and as a fan, just tear everything down. It's just, at some point that's got to stop. Um, I, I, I can just tell you that there's important coaches at Auburn. Okay. That, um, if they could say what they really think, that's what they would tell Auburn fans. They would tell Auburn fans to just shut up and, and please start supporting the, the decision, support the, support the administration, especially right now. So I don't know, maybe that's how, maybe that's how they should look for it. If there's alignment, I'm cool. If there's not, then you got something to worry about. But I think with Kiffin and Freeze, you you would have alignment with either one of them, and so I don't I don't think those are those could those are bad hires at all because of that. Agreed. All right, let's talk about this A and M game real quick, and then get out of here. Well, we also got recruiting. I mean, he, right? Like recruiting is yes. a big big. A lot of big time kids, right? A lot of big time kids. We'll we'll go in depth on that tomorrow on the recruiting okay. show. All right. So yeah, so sit, tune into that. Um, and uh, a lot of four four or five star kids. All right, A and M. Both teams come in five game losing streak. Um, anything from prize picks on this, Jeffrey? In terms yeah, of- you know what? I, one of the guys I, I love watching A chain from A and M. Oh, yeah, he's fast, man. I love watching him, man. So, Prize Picks has got – first of all, let me, let me get everybody – if you're not familiar with Prize Picks, man, we we have a lot of fun playing on Prize Picks. It is your daily fantasy game. And uh, they've got a promotion right now going <clears> – <throat> using the uh, promo code War Eagle, all caps, one word. Prize Picks will give you $100. bucks. will match up to $100, 100% of your – uh, your first deposit. Best way to have action on the game in states like Kentucky, Alabama, Florida, Texas, over 70% of the U.S., man. And uh, how does it work? You pick two to five players, and if they will, uh, if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you win. And Cole and I have been doing real well. I, I hit both Auburn guys last week. Tank over 60, Robbie over something. Uh, and this week, you've got um, H8. And Prospects is expecting a big game from A-Chain. More or less, yeah. <laughs> 115.5 rushing yards. They're expecting him to go off. By the way, after last week, Auburn was 127th in rushing defense. And now they are 114th. Well, okay. That's what happens when you play the 124th-ranked Russian. Exactly. They're going like this. Mississippi State, they have 13 rushing yards, and then you go and you're like, well, they're basically dead last in Russian. So, yeah. I'll take it. And Evan Stewart, 66 and a half uh, receiving yards. So, they're expecting right. – I mean, I, I don't know why that's uh, – Moose Muhammad, over 60 – uh, re- receiving yards or his projection is 60.5. Zach, is the line still at two, Auburn? Over and under is 48 and a half, so they're looking at 24 to 20, 28 to 24, 27, 23, something in that range for By this way, score. I have hit one and a half. One and a half, okay. And a half. Auburn minus one and a half. You're getting three points for home, so this is a pretty much a 50-50 game. I've hit Man. twice on A-Chain on prize picks. Oh, yeah? Go, yeah. Taking the more? Uh, yes, both times. That dude is explosive. He's a lot of fun to watch. Reminds me of a, a more fluid Sean Shivers. Yeah. 
Because <clears throat> he's small. Right. He's fast. He's short. Uh, so, get the uh, get signed up for prospects, man. It's really easy. I did it, so it's got to be really easy. Uh, deposit your 100 bucks. They'll match it. You'll have 200 bucks easy. Then you can start playing um, more or less, and it's uh, 50-50 on all those. You can, you can play two, and uh, the ratio on winning is, you know, you can pick two, you can pick three. There's even flex plays where you can play three, and you hit flex play, and all you got to do is win two out of three to uh, to win money. Awesome, fun, and really convenient. A lot of fun. Uh, prize picks. Remember, War Eagle, all caps, one word. Uh, get signed up, and they will match your deposit 100% up to $100. And I don't know what I'm going to take over the A-chain. 115 and a half seems like a lot. I'd go over more. Yep. Okay. I don't know much about the receivers. I just know much, uh, more about A-chain. Yeah, Evan Stewart's that five-star that Damian landed. Um, and then uh, ah. A.J., though, I mean, Auburn, I mean, Mississippi State was a good little reprieve for a week, a good little relief because they don't run the ball that well. Um, but, you know, I, I, I still think Auburn's probably still got some issues running the ball. Enough that A-Chain and his speed, he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna make some runs. Okay. Well, there you go. How about you, you want to hit some projections? Justin, I know you've got uh, onto victory – Coming up, Q and A with Entre Victory, Brett Whiteside. He's also we're going to have a, a show tonight with him. If anybody has any questions, yeah, I just didn't want to keep keeping you, Justin. If you guys, oh, we're good. Uh, he's he, we're, he's in and rolling, so we're okay. Good um, yeah, I, I think Auburn's look. I mean, here's what's funny is this this game. Everybody's like, even Carnell, look, I just just want to play hard, all that stuff, right? Well, then Auburn should have won that game last week, and now you're playing a team that you're a, you're a point favorite over, and it's a sellout. So what's funny is how quickly it goes from, hey, we're just man, we're just glad to be back playing. Man, that was a fun game, right? Like I just, I'm glad to see everybody smiling, and how quickly it goes to, no, we got to win Saturday. If we don't, I'll be mad. <laughs> you know, like Auburn should win this game. You're playing a team that's reeling just as much as you, and I, it's how I, how weird is this that you have a five game losing streak, but you've actually got some momentum. You've got a little bit of energy. Coming into the game because of the coaching change, you're you're favored over a former top ten team. That's crazy. Yeah, A and M, and A and M has no momentum. I mean, they, they've got nothing going for them right now. So it's a game with all the energy and the passion, and Auburn, Auburn should should needs to turn that into a win. They really do. They really do. Doesn't mean anything long term, but for the just the now, the here and now, they need to go turn this into a win. Keith, what? Well, say, <laughs> no, I agree with you. And also, Texas A&M, like, don't get mad. Texas A&M, no, no, I'm not. Texas A&M seems to be reaching the mail-it-in point, okay? Right. It's getting close. Yeah, Jimbo said that, oh, you know, they had the uh, so many guys had the flu last week, and now there's guys with the flu. That, so it's excuse mode. It's, you know, you, you, these, are the, these are the things that teams say when things are going completely off the rails, okay? Um uh, and Keith, they, Keith called this three or four weeks ago. Well, they still have some talent, okay? Maybe not yeah. at the quarterback position. Now, Ains <laughs> King's not going to be the starter this year, the, uh, this week. The other guy's going to be the starter, right? Wigman. Connor Wigman, he, he, Wigman. Right? he's going to yeah. be the starter this, this week and not Ains so. King. Uh, but, man, what are they playing for? Nothing, man. When you have goals, you used to see this sometimes like a Florida State. 15 straight years in the top three. And then that first year where they're four and four, man, they go, the wheels come off fast because 
These guys ain't used to it. This team had high expectations. I mean, we didn't. None of us thought they were going to be that great, but apparently other people did. And and now they're looking at in a bowl game. They're they're the laughing stock of, of the SEC West and maybe all the college football. I mean, at least the Auburn players see the, the rainbow. These guys, I don't know what they see. The transfer portal and and their coach doesn't really stick up for them that much. And you know, it's they're the post know. they're the poster child of what could go wrong with the NIL. Yeah. They still have talent. That talent alone can keep them in these games. Shoot, they they almost beat Bama. Some people think should have beat Bama. Yeah. But that, that's know. what I was gonna say is the one problem with this A and M team is that they do have talent. They have a lot of it. It's it's crazy that they're not winning, but um, when you're looking at playing them this week, as opposed to Mississippi State, they have more talent than Mississippi State, bottom line. So you have to be weary of this, and uh, that is a concern going into the week. And by the way, not only do they have three wins, let's not forget one of their wins was over Arkansas, who basically handed them the game, right? Yes. Handed them the game. Uh, Missed field goal at the end and literally gave them a fumble where they're going in for a big lead. And it goes, you know, 98 yards the other way. Well, say hello uh, to Auburn and Missouri. Yeah, and another, Missouri. another win was 17-9 over Miami, which at the time looked like it was going to be a, a win that would get Texas A&M into the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Miami's <laughs> gone in the tank since then. And so this really game, should be two and seven versus – this really should be two and seven Auburn because they should have lost to Missouri versus <laughs> – Exactly. One and eight A&M. Yeah, they beat Miami. Miami had 450 or something. They They had no problem moving the ball that day. Just couldn't find the end zone. So really, I don't want to say they should have won, should have lost that game, but they could have certainly lost that game. So that leads you to the was it the first game of the year would have been their one convincing win. And correct me if I'm wrong, they didn't play great that week either, did they? No, I think they really offensively they've been an issue all year. Yeah, they played bad against somebody that isn't even worth a crap. So they're just not any good. We have a big enough sample size. I need to see. From well, of course, they lost to App State by three. That was oh, yeah, sure that big. You know, one of the not even one of the better App State teams of the last yeah, year. That, that was the big shocker because they were ranked like sixth when that happened. <laughs> and then they came back and Miami was thirteenth. They beat Miami. And it's like, oh, they're back. And then they they shouldn't have beaten Arkansas, and they did. I mean, so like they technically had a win over a thirteen and a ten in back to back weeks. And then Sam Houston State thirty one nothing in week one. Now Sam Houston's actually five and two. They're not terrible, uh, but I will say that Sam Houston, which XNM only beat thirty one to nothing two weeks ago, beat Utah Tech eighteen to thirteen. Guys, I'm gonna be honest with you. I followed college football my whole life. I've never heard of Utah Tech. What is that a misprint? Utah Tech, it says. No. Then the next week they beat Carlton, which is an up-and-coming 1AA team. But that's not even a great Sam Houston team. They got a 10-point win over Texas A&M. Yeah. One-point win over Stephen F. Austin. Eight-point win over Eastern Kentucky. Utah Tech, by the way. Now I'm going down this rabbit hole here. They're the Trailblazers. They're three and Trailblazers, baby. Their logo is like one of those that you purchase – you know what I mean? Like it's like one of those that's available to like every. I believe school. it's an online university, dude. Please, please read, please read what Zach just put in the private chat on that. That's amazing. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. They were the Dixie State Trailblazers. Dixie State. Yeah, okay. You can't you can't go around saying Dixie now. You, you got to change that shit. Well, one of the Utah one of Utah Tech's wins was over Shadron State. So, you know, 
I mean, I don't know. When does Utah Tech play Zach McKinnell Teachers College? Of hey, they play BYU in a couple weeks. Oh boy. They do. They play. They play. B- oh my God, they do play BYU. But anyway, point being, A and M doesn't have a single. A and M doesn't have a single impressive game that they played this year, really. Other than the game game. that was Utah. Game. Utah's Tech's biggest rival is DeVry. <laughs> Virginia College. <laughs> Keith, what are you doing? I mean. Uh, Jack's giving us all the info, info here, but yeah, I mean, again, no, they oh. only Texas and only lost to South Carolina by by six. They only lost to Ole Miss by three. They're competitive in games. That's what worries you. What makes you feel good is they're competitive, but they're still losing, and that's when they still had something to play for. And now yeah, right. Florida, Florida might have opened the jar last week. Certainly loosened it, and. Uh, the losing 17 points at home to that team is is a disgrace, you know. So they're they're not heading in the right direction. What's but interesting? Eat you sure. What's interesting is looking at A and M and Cole has written about this, and and we just talked about A chain. I think A chain's a really good back, and Auburn struggled to stop the run. But I, I thought more of I thought A and M more of their struggles this year was the passing game. Absolutely. But if you look at the numbers. Um, I mean, for, they've thrown 14 touchdowns and six picks. That's not bad. Um, yeah, but Haynes King's QBR is 45. Yeah, but I, I thought it was going to be – I thought I was going to look at this and see like 10 and 10. And it's – 14 and 6 is not – to lose five in a row, that's not that bad. And the, really it's the rushing numbers that is not up to par of what they – I mean, it's 130, 140, 130, 70. I mean, that, that's not anything crazy. That's fairly pedestrian really in, in college football. So they haven't well, – it, it's, it's an offensive line issue, I guess. It's very oh, yeah. similar to looking at Robbie Ashford's numbers and going, oh, he hasn't turned it over in two weeks, three weeks. But the amount of incomplete passes – I mean, he was 32% against Mississippi State. Yeah, a lot of 50% in here, yeah. But his, his stats, I mean, he didn't throw any interceptions, had a touchdown or whatever. Uh, I, the best game he had was against Arkansas, statistically. I think his QBR was like 150 in that game. But he definitely didn't do enough to win the game, right? And that's just kind of where they're at, I think. Yeah, five five games that they've they've completed basically fifty percent of their passes in five games. So it's it's just a lot of hit or miss and kind of all over the place. Yep. No consistency. Of all of all the states to be home to a Dixie State, it's Utah. <laughs> no, right? It's odd, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's uh, twelve thousand students, by the way. Nice. I was thinking it would be from uh, Woodland, Alabama. Yeah. Where is it? Where is it at in Utah? Saint uh, Saint George. Uh, so that's down at the border with uh, it's right above the Grand Canyon, right where Nevada meets Utah and Arizona, right in that corner. D- definitely yeah. Dixieland, right? Oh well, yeah, I mean. You know. <laughs> Uh, uh, their, their graduate graduation rate is only forty seven percent. Need to see a photo of their mascot, the Trailblazers. But yeah, but probably scary. Uh, the irony of having a Trailblazer as your mascot for Dixie State, and really blazing that trail. Okay. Yes. Game predictions. Yeah. Game predictions. I'll say twenty seven. I, I I don't real. I'm scared as hell to pick Auburn, but I'll do it anyway. What's twenty seven? Twenty six. 27-26 Auburn. Just one, another weird. Yep. 
They neither team's got great getting great quarterback play. Special teams are completely hit or miss with both teams. So I, I expect just a wild, weird game. Cole Pinkston. Mm. All right. 30, 30, I got I got one. 31-24 Auburn. I give Jordan Hare the nod on this one. I think it's you think Anders Carlson's going to kick a field goal? I do. I do. I don't think it'll be. Evan. I don't think it'll be. Uh, not Evan. Alex McPherson either. Be so he'll be like he'll be like one for four. I mean, <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. It's D one, you know. <laughs> I'm gonna go with twenty. I'm, there's no way I'm not picking Auburn to win this football game. No way. With the crowd, with the Cadillac being at home, the Tiger Walk is going to be – it's going to be loud. I really expect a fantastic home environment. No way I'm picking against Auburn. Not guaranteeing a win, but I'm certainly not picking against them. 26-22. Ooh. Can I add something to my pick, Jeff? Sure. Cadillac carried off the field after the game. <laughs> I hope I didn't steal anybody's thunder there. No, I think I, if they win, I think he's getting carried off. The, I believe that firmly. I thought he would last week. <laughs> Look at Justin's face. Like, I, I bet you, I, hey, Keith, I'm, I guarantee it. I will. If Auburn wins, he gets carried to the locker room. Hey, if, if it has to be me and you carrying him off the field just to spite Justin, we'll do it. Okay? <laughs> I, I just ask one thing. Let's please not rush the field. That is becoming. I don't think there's any chance that's going to happen. No. Well, I mean, who would have thought LSU would have done it against Ole Miss? I mean, well, LSU had lost by or Ole Miss had lost five straight games either. So I don't. I, no, just, stay, stay in the stands, folks. It's happening at an alarming rate right now, and I just yes, don't want that to happen. Too much. Oh gosh, there's a part of me that thinks that that everything is kind of lining up, like it's this sort of. For Carnell, right, it comes home, sellout crowd, just the kind of relief of winning a football game that could be on Saturday, just the, for a night, just some joy. I feel like, I don't know, I think it's my cynical side that's like, I could just see all of that being stolen. <laughs> and A&M, you know, like winning this game 24-21, and it's just this the year of misery continues. But, man, I have to go with Auburn. I mean, there's – there's too many things right now this last week. There's a lot of positive energy, um, regardless of record. Hey, this is, this, this is one of those games you just throw out the record books. Um, <laughs> I think by the request of the two head coaches. Right, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so bad that we just do, we don't, we're going to ignore how bad, bad the records are. Um, great, great football game. Yeah, it's just a classic. Um, AM's won two in a row in the series. Yeah, I'll go Auburn 26. Thing is, AM's defense is not bad. Like they're they're a pretty they're a pretty physical unit, especially on the defensive line, I think. So let's say twenty four to fourteen, Auburn. Oh shit. Okay. Their defense has been decent, but they just got absolutely yeah. just destroyed Shredded. by an okay offense. So and that yeah. was and that makes me think that they're they're mailing I don't want to say mailing it in, but they're they're not at 100% anymore, you know what I mean? And that makes a big difference. Well, 10 years ago, 10 years ago, these two teams played on this field, and it was the home team ma mailing it in as A&M scored 63 points oh, with yeah. Johnny Manziel. You guys were well. watching that on TV. How bad was it in person? I mean, you just look up and you're like, I'm watching an opponent in Jordan-Hare Stadium yeah. put, put up 63. I mean, it was like 
63 to 21. I mean, it was just unbelievable. Yeah. I wasn't watching the game. I was watching Johnny football. That was, <laughs> yeah. that was yeah. fun. He had the big shoes. His shoes always seemed to be like three sizes too big on him. They'd be flopping around at the toe, you know. Zach in the back's got it 24 to 20. Auburn. What a bunch of homers we are, man. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to put my sunblock on. Well, it just feels like it means more to Auburn than it does Texas A&M, right? It just means more. Do you think Hartson will watch? You think, you, think he, you think he watched at any point or he watched a highlight or was at all curious how last week went? I'm – Based on what you're saying, Justin, or, or I was thinking about the same thing. If I was him, you know, he had that going away message. He should have tweeted something out before the last week. Love you guys. Go kick some ass. That's how you get people to, eh, you know what? He cares at least. Instead, See, that's he was the thing. That's the thing. He was in Cancun that's or something like that. Team. No. <laughs> you're that you're assuming that he. Account, I think. I oh, wasn't okay. Yeah. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't care, though. So, well, that's, that's the problem. Too so many of these guys care about numero uno. He, you know? he, he doesn't have enough empathy to think like that. Well, also, do people like that, you know, we know he has a right-hand man. He got fired too. But what good's a right-hand man if they don't say, hey, Cole, you're acting like a jerk. You know, you need that. It needs to be more of a friend, a person that will tell you things like, hey, you know, have you thought about tweeting this out? I, yeah. I'd love to see that from him. Hey, congrats to Cap or whatever. I mean, yeah. yeah. They did talk him out of something recently. It's well, probably good for me. Actually, would actually would have been bad for him. Well, maybe well, maybe later on, maybe another modcast will go into that. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I think he's already back in Boise, though. I think he's already got a vacation home for real. I think, he, I think he's bought a vacation home like within the last week. He's in Boise. He'll he'll be fine. Um, all right. Anything else? Calling show Thursday night. With Brett Whiteside, OTV on to victory, and then recruiting show. You mentioned Keith. I mean, you mentioned tomorrow Keith. morning. Tomorrow morning. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry, Harold. What's today? Thursday. God, my Veterans Day, man. It's messing me up. Brooks is, you know, they're out of school tomorrow, so it's oh. that's why I've been a day ahead. Um, Friday morning, yes, recruiting show. It'll be out around noon. Little hit, little hit of recruiting. Yep. Big one. All right. Well, let's get out of here. Everybody, go enjoy their. Uh, Thursday and uh, should be a nice weekend. Appreciate everybody joining us. AuburnLive.com. Go subscribe. We'll see you.